Our gospel reading is from Matthew, chapter 6, starting at the first verse. This will also be the text for our sermon today. Our Lord Jesus says this, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. <clears throat> Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. This is the gospel of the Lord. Alleluia, Christ is risen. Hallelujah, indeed. I want to start this morning with a question. My question is this. Who sees you? Who sees you? Psychology tells us that being seen as human beings, that it's one of the most fundamental and fundamentally important aspects of life. To not be seen... To not feel seen by others can often feel like death. However, Jesus also 
talks to us and tells us about who we want to see us. And there are times for people to see us, and there's times for God in heaven to see us. And we should think about the distinction. We are in our sermon series, This is the Way, through Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7. Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus' Sermon on the Mount is one of his most famous sermons. And we know this, that Matthew tells us when Jesus was done preaching the Sermon on the Mount, that the crowds were amazed, astonished. (laughs) His teaching was like none that they had ever seen before. And in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus talks about what life in the kingdom of heaven looks like, how we're supposed to live, both how we're supposed to live in relationship with other people, other human beings, and how we're supposed to live before God and in relationship with our Father in heaven. Today, Jesus really makes that shift to focusing on our relationship with God in heaven. If you have your Bible with you, will you read with me Matthew chapter 6, verse 1. I'm reading from the ESV, the blue Bibles in, the, in the, uh, our pews, our ESV. If you read from a different version, that's okay too. So. Together we read, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. So this verse is kind of the overarching umbrella verse for the 17 verses that, that follow this verse. And specifically, Jesus, when he talks about our relationship with God, he uses the word righteousness, practicing your righteousness. Maybe another still very churchy word that we could say is our piety as Christians or practicing our religion. What does that look like? And he tells us, be careful, beware. There are some traps we could fall into. Jesus gives three examples of practicing our religion, practicing our piety, practicing our uh, righteousness. And those three examples are giving to the poor, praying, and fasting. If it was Today that Jesus was here teaching, talking to us to, in, into uh, the 21st century church where uh, literacy is more common, where Bibles are available in every pew, multiple Bibles in every pew. Uh, maybe he would add, uh, reading your Bible. Or maybe he could have said, going to church. <laughs> That's fine. But these are the three that he names here, giving to the poor, praying, and fasting. And he tells us 
three things about practicing our righteousness. So first, the first thing that he says about practicing our righteousness is this. Do it. (laughs) Just do it. Practice your righteousness. Look with me at verse 2. Thus, he says, when you give. Then verse 5. And when you pray. Verse 16. And when you fast. What is Jesus doing there? He's simply assuming that those of us who claim to follow Jesus, to follow his way, will do these things. Now, prayer, obviously he's, he spends the most amount of time in this section on prayer. He talks about uh, the Lord's Prayer. This is one of two places in the New Testament that the Lord's Prayer is given to us. And so we can say, okay, yeah, we get it. We should pray. But he also says, and when you give to the poor. Hmm. That one might get a little bit more uh, interesting because it causes us to think about, are we giving to the church, to the poor? Are we supporting, is our church supporting the poor? Jesus assumes that his followers will do that. And as much as it might make us uncomfortable to hear him talk about money and giving, he does so about 25% of the time during his teaching. He's referencing money. So you can't really follow Jesus and get around that one. The last one is fasting. <laughs> and that is maybe, in my, in my estimation, the most foreign to those of us who follow Jesus in the 21st century. Fasting, uh, giving up of Something specifically, a prayer, I'm sorry, a food or um, a water. Don't give up prayer. That's not a good one. Don't give that. You want to do that. <laughs> give up food. Give up water. Today we might think of giving up social media or technology of some sort. All kinds of ways that fasting can happen. But if we're honest, 21st century Americans, we're a little bit more guilty of gluttony than uh, overly fasting, if you will. Uh, Maybe you can think or can't think of the last time that you actually fasted besides maybe before you went in for a procedure (laughs) with the doctor. Spiritual reasons to fast. And this is a whole sermon, so I'm not going to uh, talk about all the specifics of of how to fast, but would like to talk just a minute about why why fasting, right? Praying, we can kind of get that one, giving to the poor. Yeah, that makes sense. But why do we fast? And here's the illustration I've heard that I think is most helpful for us. It goes like this. In, in old times, when a king laid siege to a city, one of the first things that he would do, surround the city with his army and cut the city off from food and water. What was he doing? He was weakening that city so that when he did lay siege, that they wouldn't be at full strength. 
In the same way, we who are laying siege on the sinful flesh, who are trying to take hold of it, put to death sin, in order to bring out righteousness and and the righteousness of God in our lives, we can lay siege to our bodies, discipline our bodies through fasting. Where we don't live on bread alone, as Jesus says, but instead focus on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That's, there's an overview of fasting. So Jesus tells us, when it comes to our righteousness, do it, practice it, do it before God, but don't be a hypocrite. And he gives us uh, a few examples regarding to these three uh, practices, but, but specifically, if, if you're someone that's here You're not exactly sure, am I a follower of Christ? You're trying to test out whether or not this is the way for you. You might like this part. Because one of the the attacks, the claims against Christianity as a whole is that they're all a bunch of hypocrites, right? So, like, on a high level... There might be some like intellectual arguments that the people will propose for why they don't believe in Jesus or the resurrection or whatever. But on a common, everyday, on-the-ground level, it often gets asserted that Christians are hypocrites. If you have ever thought that, let me tell you something. You're in good company. Jesus doesn't like hypocrites either. <laughs> so can take that. I think that's worth something. And he specifically, he gives this, these examples of, of uh, how hypocritical uh, righteousness can be practiced in the world. He, he gives the, uh, this example about uh, sounding a trumpet before you as you, you give to the poor so that everyone in the streets, the whole town, can see and hear how good you are. Now, there is no example that we know of in in ancient history of someone actually, literally pulling out a trumpet as they went to give to the poor and playing it in the streets as they did so. I think what Jesus was doing here, he's using hyperbole, he's speaking, um, overstating things a little bit to make his case, but he's kind of saying like, like this. If he was to say it today, he said, don't broadcast... You're giving to the poor, right? We'd understand. That wouldn't literally mean going on the radio and broadcasting, hey, I'm giving to the poor. Everyone should know about it, how I am. But his point is well taken. Don't broadcast your giving. And when you pray, he says, uh, don't pray like hypocrites who love to go into the synagogues and into the streets and into the crowds. And, oh, Lordy Lord, please come upon us. Send your grace down. You know, you ever notice too, like sometimes people, they start to pray and all of a sudden they start talking differently. Oh, thou Lord God, thine are so holy. 
and, and they sound different and different inflection and they use words that they... Jesus is saying this. Don't pray like that. Pray simply. Go into your room and pray alone. And the Father who sees in secret will reward you. And even fasting, he talks about it. When you fast, don't go around looking gloomy. Instead, instead, what he says is, anoint your head and wash your face. What's he saying? Take a shower. Like this is what every, the signs, the, the wall hangings that every parent puts in the bathroom for their kids. Wash your hands, brush your teeth, flush the toilet, right? A little reminder, like Jesus is saying that. When you're fasting, just go about life Like normal. And yet, (laughs) when we think about our giving, I think it's worth wondering, would we give as much to the church or to that nonprofit entity if we didn't get to put our name on a plaque hung on the church wall so that everyone could see how much we gave? Or if you didn't get to put your name on their website as part of their benefactors, it's worth asking the question when we pray or when someone comes to us and shares their their heartaches, their, their uh, pains, their struggles with us, and we respond, I'll be praying for you. Do you? It's worth asking the question. Do you actually go back and pray for them, or do you just say that because it sounds good in the moment? Although we don't fast, Often, or maybe that's not as regular as part, a part of our piety is others, other things. Um, one place is Ash Wednesday. Our reading, our gospel reading for today, is a regular, is a standard reading for Ash Wednesday. <laughs> and, I, and I have to wonder how many times... Do we get ashes on our head at Ash Wednesday service and are just okay with leaving them there for a few hours next day so that everyone can see, I went to Ash Wednesday service because I'm a good Christian. (laughs) Where are your ashes at, right? Something to think about. Jesus says, don't. Worry about other people seeing your piety or your righteousness. It's worth checking our, our motives and asking the question, would I still do this if no one else knew? Now, this one is a little bit tricky, at least at first glance, because a few verses earlier, 
Jesus said something that almost seems like contradictory to what he's saying here. Here he's saying, don't worry about others seeing your, your piety. And yet, back in Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, he says this, you are salt of the earth, you are light of the world, city on the hill, can't be hidden. little plug here. In Leadville, there's a coffee shop right on Harrison Street called City on the Hill. Good place. Cool place. You should go there sometime when you're in Leadville. But in response to the, in, in that context, here Jesus says, in the same way, let your light shine, just like a city. Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works. Whoa. What do, you, what do you mean here, Jesus? Do I want people to see my good works or not? What do I do with this? It's so important that we finish the sentence here. Jesus goes on to say, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Right? The whole point isn't so that we get more credit. isn't so that we get more glory. It's so that God gets glory. It's inevitable at times, whether it be loving our neighbors, loving our enemies, like we heard last week, or, or whether it even be things like, like prayer. I mean, we, we prayed here together as a congregation. People, we see each other, right? I pray at home, from, and, uh, and when I'm praying at home from time to time, the kids might walk in into the room, into the office, and see me praying. Okay, it, it happens sometimes. But the whole point is this, so that God in heaven gets the glory. The Latin phrase that gets thrown out for this is uh, sola deo gloria, right? Glory to God alone. Not most of the glory to God. Not some of the glory to God. Glory to God alone. We point to Jesus. We point to God's good grace and his works in our lives. What Jesus is getting at here is when we do things, good things, loving things, where's our heart? Who do we want to be seen by? You want to be seen by other people? There are people that do that. Sound trumpets, people that pray out openly in the streets, people who walk around gloomy and everyone else looks at them and they say, ooh, wow, look how holy they are. And what does Jesus say? They, they got their reward. Not a reward from God in heaven, but they got what they were looking for. Don't be like them. Finally, Jesus tells us that if we pray to our Father in heaven, that we will be rewarded. 
Multiple times he says this. Verse, verse 4. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. And then verse 6. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. Verse 18. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. And I think the, the key word to focus on here is not reward, but father. Ten times in these 18 verses, ten times Jesus refers to God in heaven as father. So important that we don't read over that. Don't take that for granted. We think about what that means for us today. Today is Mother's Day, as we all know, and, and what's fun as a dad, I think, over the years is, is when Mother's Day is approaching, watching the kids pull things together for their mom. Sometimes uh, they, they do this in, in secret, right? Sometimes they, they go off to their bedrooms and, hmm, where, where are the kids at? And they whisper to each other, let's get mom this, let's do that. Let's decorate here, blah, blah, blah. And they think no one sees them, right? But it's happening, right? Or there's the times where we're walking through Target and the kids mysteriously disappear, where the kids go, oh, they're shopping for mom. They can't drive yet, so they have to come with us, but they're, they're shopping secretly, right? And they're doing this for mom so that they can give her a gift, so that they can get a card for her, so that they can bring her breakfast in bed. And, and is it perfect? Absolutely not. Sometimes the eggs are a little runny. Sometimes the coffee is cold, kind of sure, and I'm just saying this out loud to you, Isaac. I'm pretty sure, though, that the card that we got for Eden this year is the same card that we got maybe two or three years ago for her. Is it perfect? No. Does it bring joy to their mom? Does it bring joy to their dad as I'm watching them, loving them, watching them work together so that they can share their love with, with their, their mother? Absolutely. It brings delight to my heart. It warms my heart. I thank God for these kids. Does it make me love them any more or any less? No. I love them, not because of how well they pull off the, their Mother's Day uh, surprise to their mother, I love them for one reason and for one reason only. They're my kids. And you love your children, I'm sure, the same way. Our Father in heaven. <laughs> our Father in heaven, he, he sees us and He sees our imperfect piety. He sees our prayers that are a little distracted. What's going on out there in the neighbor's yard? Right? Oh, my stomach's growling. I can't wait till 
These are, this is done so I can get some food, right? Uh, he, he sees our giving that is a little tentative, right? He sees our, our fasting or our uh, failures of fasting this past year, I'll tell you. I, I had an idea going into Lent what my Lenten fast, what I was giving up for Lent was going to be, and I failed miserably. He sees those things, and God has joy in his heart towards us. Not because of how well we performed, but because we are his baptized children. He, at our baptism, spoke the same words over us that he spoke over Jesus in his baptism. This is my son. This is my daughter with whom I'm well pleased. In our baptism, we were connected with Jesus. Given the perfect life, the perfect righteousness of Jesus, that perfect prayer life of the high priest who's now interceding for us in heaven. We're given that perfect love towards others so that we give from a perfectly pure heart. We are connected through baptism with the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, and we are connected in baptism with the Holy Spirit. We're told, John chapter 3, that the, we need the washing and renewal of the Spirit. We've got it. It's yours in Christ. And so God looks at our imperfect piety and He sees the perfect righteousness of Jesus. And he smiles because you're his kids. And he loves you. And out of love for him, as we follow Jesus, we, imperfectly as it may be, devote our lives to prayer and reading of the scriptures and giving to the poor and fasting because we know that we have a Father in heaven who loves us forever. What's our reward? We get to see God and be with him today and always. Go in peace, friends. Know that he sees you and that you are loved. Amen.